I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome into the Short Force Saloon. My name is Joel Penfield, joined as always by Philip Slavin. Cheers, my friend. I mean, I wasn't going to not drink on our final episode. Got it. Um, is that what I think it is? Ah. It is. Yes, See, sir, that- it is. I felt like it was appropriate for this particular episode to be drinking a Sonic hard seltzer cherry limeade straight from the state of Oklahoma brought down is, I, I'll say this. Um, always love when family comes to visit. Uh, and all I have to do is like, hey, ma, dad, well, ma, mom, dad forgets. Uh, mom, I need you to pick up something from the store. She's really good about that. Always good about it. So when I asked for a six pack, or I guess a, a case, which was 12, of the, uh, of the new hard seltzers, that's what I got. And I got the, uh, the citrus flavors, I gotta tell you. I'm not a huge hard seltzer person. I'm getting into it, you know. Um, it's pretty good. I uh, I enjoy them. The, those things are spectacular. That is the one thing I will say. Moving away from Oklahoma, that we, we left like two weeks after they came out. I got the the twelve pack like right away the day that they released, but they're not going outside of Oklahoma until like August. So right. I don't get them for a while, and that is very unfortunate because that cherry limeade. Oh, oh, it's good. My goodness. The the cherry limeade, the original limeade, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of lime. Yes. I enjoy the flavor of lime, so I really like it. Uh, the lemonade's fine. Uh, and the other one is, it's the like... The lemon berry. Lemon berry. That's pretty, yeah. pretty good. Now, it's like a raspberry um, lemonade. Fantastic. I, I like the cherry limeade, and I love the limeade. So I, I'm a big fan. They just got... They just restocked the shelves. They were posting on yeah. social. They restocked the shelves. Yeah, it's August. I mean, I live in Arkansas, so I have to get them when I'm in, in town or if, if family. I think my... Uh, we're having Emmy's second birthday party next weekend. Okay. So, ma, mama, I need you to pick, a, pick up a pack for me. I, I'm... I'm kind of like not interested in the other one because I don't care about coconut flavored things and I don't mm-hmm. want to have three beverages I'm not going to drink. So I'm going to stick with the citrus. Yeah, so I, think, I think the citrus really is the play. Like it just feels mm-hmm. like a summer thing. Like it, I think it just fits a little better. I know ocean water is, you know, people consider that kind of a summer drink, but I just coconut flavored drinks like that, just not, not my thing. I drank enough Malibu when I was a, a basic bitch in college. I don't, I don't need to drink any more coconut flavored things. And I don't you really know, care for coconut itself. So that that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Tonight. I <laughs> so tonight I have a uh, Boulevard space camper, which if you've never had it, it's like a tropical hazy IPA that they do, but mm. they have done a couple uh, like small batch variant releases of it. 
and this one, I'll sh I'm showing Philip. I, I know your audio only, but the can is spectacular. Yes, and it's nothing. Nothing like talking about visual things on a, on an auditory. Meeting. I know, right? Yeah, but if it goes, go look up Space Camper cans for Boulevard. Like it's they they do a real their art their can art spectacular, but they do these little variants with like different like different hops is like the main one at the forefront. So this one's mm -hmm. got a little bit of a different flavor to it, but it's mm -hmm. it's very for being a hoppier beer, and I like stuff like that. It drinks really well for the summer, which you wouldn't often expect. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Um, this is what we intended this podcast to be, a, a beer podcast with a sports problem. Like, that, yes. that's kind of, that's, that's, if you haven't listened to us over the last three years, uh, that's essentially what this thing is. We just don't talk about it that much on here. We, we, we should. Like, we I'm, I'm going to be blunt. I am trying very hard to get Son to Coop to sponsor the 1012 podcast with the Sonic Hard Seltzers. Like that's what I want. Uh, Coop wants to do their beers. That's fine. I don't care. They're going to be in our surrounding states, which means Arkansas, which means Kansas and, uh, and Texas. I'm I'm uh, I'm being rather obnoxious. I'm probably not going to work, uh, but I don't care. I'm going to keep bugging them until they start paying me to advertise them. Um, I mean, you, you got to shoot your shot at some point. Like you may I would, be. I would like to. I want to. I want. So let's just, before we go down this, this rabbit hole, um, this is our last episode. Joel yeah. and I are officially retiring from the podcast in case you missed that on the last one. We do. We're going to have two episodes and yeah, you know, when senioritis sets in and you, you really are just like done. Like, I think that's kind of how we were. Like we tried to come up with some clever ideas and reach out to some, some former athletes and stuff. And it's just, nothing just kind of works. So, so here we are. And uh, this is the last show. And so we're going to talk about Oklahoma State stuff. We're going to talk about something probably that we wouldn't normally and say some opinions on stuff that we have had to reserve for various reasons. I still won't go overboard because I do have a Big 12 podcast. I don't want to potentially burn any bridges. Um, but there's going to be some, some just some bullshitting. And uh, on that note, I, I, in my mind, have a few specific kinds of sponsors I want for my show. Okay. Um, I want an alcohol sponsor. I want an alcohol sponsor. And the trick has been like, the Big 12 is located in Iowa, in West Virginia, in Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Uh, unless I'm getting something national, you know, like a Budweiser thing, I'm not going to find something that's going to cover everybody. It's just not going to happen. But then Sonic comes out with these hard seltzers. They're new. They're selling well in Oklahoma. They're going to expand in time for football season, Right. You're going to be trying to sell these things. It's a new thing. And I am big on getting on things when they're new and young and, and, and in their infancy um, and trying to do it that, that way. And they've growing the relationship from there. So I'm very, I'm trying really hard to figure out how to get Coop to not only respond to emails, but be like, either just tell me to go away and F off or be like, you know what? Yeah, man, what, what can we do here? What can, what can we do to promote the, the drink outside of Oklahoma? Because I'm sure right now they're like, we don't care. It's selling great. I want it to sell great everywhere. Okay. I want to, I want to be the podcast for Sonic Heart Seltzer. Hey, that, that is, that, that's got a good name. The 10 podcast, the officials podcast of Sonic Heart Seltzer. That's got a good little, good little ring to it. Doesn't it? That's good stuff. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I got a few more companies I'm, I'm badgering about stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think cause uh, I'll talk about it a little bit right now, I guess. Um, I am looking to start pursuing my own baseball show. I've had thoughts and in the works of, of what I want to do kind of beyond um, 
beyond this show, which has been so much fun to do over the last three years, covering the, the school that I love and sports and all that, giving me the opportunity. But ba- uh, you guys know me. Baseball is really where, um, where my, like 90% of my passion lies. I love football. I love basketball, wrestling, all that. Baseball is king for me. And I do a podcast covering the Royals, which is awesome, and mainly the minor leagues. That's not necessarily awesome covering the Royals because they kind of suck right now. But looking at the future of the organization and player development, it's fun. But I want to break out from doing something so niche, which I have done for three plus years on multiple podcasts. I want to talk to people throughout the industry and players and coaches and media members and talk about the game we all love. I'll leak some more information as we move forward, but look for an episode, hopefully within the next month or so, uh, kicking things off for me on this. And you like baseball, follow me and see where, you know, follow the show and see where things go. But I'm trying to think of what I want to do because I have a strike this balance between wanting like big sponsors, like, and you know, people and things that people would like legitimately buy all over the country. If some random ass person somewhere is watching, or if I want to do like small businesses and find the way and get them promoted as well. Like I know you need a little bit of a bigger following to do that, but I, there's got to, there's some way to strike that balance. I think to me, the right sponsors for a podcast because unless they can sell their product online and you can, you can show sales. Uh, if it's just about awareness, work in marketing, when I'm not doing this stuff for fun, um, you have to present some sort of ROI. You have to have some data to show that you have been successful, right? Right. And so it's either you have a big enough audience to justify whatever CPM, it's, it's cost per 1,000 listeners, yeah. that makes sense, right? Um, but if you, would you, it, it's benefit, more beneficial if you're a smaller one to have a very specific audience and offer them a very specific product that fits your audience. So for instance, Home Build Apparel is our primary sponsor on the Tindo podcast. I got on with them early in, in big new Saturday season one. Um, very excited to have them on. They only had two big 12 schools. I've added more, but it is a college sports apparel company that is unique and cool and loves college sports. They've got unique vintage stuff. They fit the audience. They've added more Big 12 schools, which has been awesome for us. Um, and it's been a great relationship. So that, that's where I look at it and go, okay, what kinds of things would college football and college sports fans like, right? Well, I think most of us like to drink. So I'd like an alcohol sponsor and I'd like one that makes sense. I mean, it, um, so a hard seltzer works for me. Um, plus I like them. And that's another big thing. Uh, promote something you like. I have yeah. done ad reads for things that I was kind of like, man, on. Um, you can tell it's hard. I am not, I am, I am not a good bullshitter from the sales side. Um, this is why I, I, I do social media. Um, I know what I know and I can, I'm good at what I do and I can explain my stuff well, but I'm not a good, like, yeah, I'm going to pretend like I love it. Yeah. I want to actually promote things I like. So I, it's finding things that fit your audience, right? That's, that's where you've got to, that's where you got to find to have successful stuff is things that you actually like or, especially early on and, and things that fit the people who are, who are listening to you. For me, it was, it's sports apparel. I want some alcohol. I want some things that fit with coming up in the seat in the fall with tailgating, you know, that kind of stuff. That's that. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm working on and looking for. So let, let's transition this conversation that I'm very, very good at this. <laughs> I'm very good at this whole transition thing. You got um, it down. Take you yeah. a while, but you're here now. Hey, it took me three years in the last 
an episode we're doing to, to get it down. But <laughs> let's talk about with name image likeness coming into play here in really a couple of days for Oklahoma State athletes, at least because it passed in. Uh, Depending upon when you actually get this episode up. Uh, yes. Yes. July 1st, Thursday, so, NIL rules kicking. So let's talk about what businesses, either it could be local, it could be big for Oklahoma State athletes. Would we like to see like that partnership? Do you have somebody in mind right away? Mm. I, I can think of, it's a really fun conversation. So I will have an NIL episode for my show on Thursday with Matt Brown of Extra Points. Just, there's a little tease name drop there. Um, what's interesting to me is the athletes are going to be most benefited by NIL. Everyone's like football players, football players, football players. Yes, yes, I think a lot will. Um, but the biggest ones really, because you're not going to get a lot of TV commercial stuff unless you're doing local TV, right? Unless you're doing right. the local Stillwater tractor sales. I can't, I don't know what companies in town. Um, where you're really going to get it is the, the ones who are going to succeed the most really are the, and benefit the most are the female athletes um, because a lot of their sports don't, there's not professional options afterwards, right? Um, I was talking with Chase A. Kitty on my show and it's like, what sucks about softball is that uh, U.S. softball still doesn't do enough to promote what is arguably with the Women's College World Series, which is arguably the biggest American softball event of the year. There's no NBA. There, there's no like professional softball. There's professional softball, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It's it, people don't care about it. They're not. They're never really going to like they do. But you understand what I'm saying? Like the right. biggest annual softball event in America is the Women's College World Series. A lot of these women, once they're done with college aren't going to go and make tons and tons and tons of money in pro softball. They're going to have jobs on the side along with playing in it. Right. So their best chance at, at money is marketing themselves while in college at the peak, like Odyssey Alexander right now. Oh yeah. Out of James Madison. She should be marketing herself like crazy. Any Olympic athlete who is is going to go and compete in the Olympics who competes for a college. Now's your time. Now's your time to go make a bunch of money while you're at the Olympics competing. Right. So female athletes and Olympic sport athletes are here. You're going to see have the best opportunity to me to really make the, the biggest impact for this. Um, so the ones to me, I would be really interested to see what they do are if you have a very strong social media following, because that stuff is what matters. That social media stuff, if you are, Twitter is a, a big deal, but Instagram, man, if you've got a big Instagram following, that's, that's beneficial. So the, the names I think of off the top of my head, the first one shouldn't shock you. Uh, AJ Ferrari is going to have some sort of promotional stuff quickly. Oh God. So, so quickly. Like it may be, maybe it's not until the start of, of, of the next wrestling season, but come on, he's going to have something, right? He's going to, um, I think she's got to work on her social media presence. Um, I'm going to pronounce it's, I want to say Maya. It's I think it's not Maya, but it's the best golfer for Oklahoma State. It's M A J A. Start. I don't know. Yes, um, she's fantastic. Her social media presence isn't good enough, and it should be better. And if it was, she'd be awesome. Um, can you imagine if if Shippy or if uh, Samantha Shaw, Samantha Shaw was still at Oklahoma State? Can you imagine if this was going into place when Sam Shaw is currently playing for Oklahoma State, the backflip yeah. queen? Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Those are the people who are going to benefit. If Victor Hovland and Matthew Wolf were still at Oklahoma State, think of what they'd be doing. Yeah. 
So we get caught up in all the football talk. Basketball? I think Avery Alexander is going to be able to make himself some money this season. Avery, Avery Anderson? Yeah, sorry. I think Avery Anderson's going to be able to make himself some money this season. Oh, yeah. I do. Um, I wish Natasha Mack was still around because she'd be able to make herself some money. So I'm, I'm really intrigued by those kinds of players and what they're going to be able to do. Um, yeah. I, I feel like for Oklahoma State, there's going to be some rising stars this year across a lot of sports. Mack has gone for, for basketball, so who's going to kind of take her place as the stud? Um, Eckroat's leaving for the men's golf team. Who's the next one up? Stark's still there for, for women's golf, but, I mean, she's got to work. Again, your social media presence matters with this stuff. Like, you're going to have to have a strong one, especially if you're not on a sport that is on television much. Yeah. Um, if, if there's someone that I – someone I just honored for baseball, Justin Campbell would be a dude that I think could because he's he has a decent enough following – He's very active on both Instagram and Twitter. And when you think about what he does on a baseball field, we were talking off air uh, before we started recording about the greatness of what Angels DH slash pitcher Shohei Otani is doing right now, leading the league in homers and pitching to a sub three ERA. It's, he's legitimately the most talented baseball player I've ever seen. Justin Campbell does that on a much smaller scale, but he pitches and he hits, which even in college you'll see two-way guys here and there it's very rare to see them be really good at both. And he is. You have a marketability there to go, hey, we have college's Shohei Otani here right now in Stowell. You can get, like, there are multiple sites for MLB, like Cut4 and MILB and uh, Sesame Family Barbecue and, you know, Starting Nine. And there are people that will promote the hell out of that. That is, I think, an angle that Oklahoma State should take for a guy like that because, he is, they haven't announced the award yet, but he's a finalist for the John Olerud two-way player of the year. I can't think of anybody that was better at doing both than Justin Campbell this season, and he's only going to get better. He was legitimately one of the best pitchers in the country all season long. He was first-team first All-Big 12 or second-team All-Big 12. No, he was first-team, and I think he was a second-team All-American. He's remarkable, and he can pitch and hit, which is such a rarity He currently has 2,300 Instagram followers. I think you're going to have a hard time making a lot of money on social as an athlete if you don't have at least 3,000. Oh, that's fair. It's, I don't think it's as much about um, how good you are unless you're in football or basketball um, because the sport is still like so much of, of OSU baseball is on ESPN+, Plus, right? So the TV marketability is hurt. So unless you're making plays and everybody on social is talking about it, unless you, you just become a trending topic on social or you do it on the biggest stage, i.e. what Alessia Alexander did for, for James Madison, you're going to have to have almost a, a social media following that's not necessarily dependent upon you as an athlete. So I think A.J. Ferrari is a perfect case because his personality during the NCAA championship, everybody was talking about him. Like he was, he was some, I saw him everywhere. And not just like from Oklahoma State people, people who paid attention to sports and cared about wrestling and were just paying attention to him and were like, oh my gosh, he's, he's so much fun. He's a perfect personality. Like he is the first guy I think of like, that's the guy who's going to make some money for Oklahoma, from Oklahoma State because of the personality, because he can get trending, because of what he does on social media. Um, it, I, I want to, if I have the time in July, I will go through current Oklahoma State players. Um, current is important, and see who do I think has the best shot based off of social media. Like you go look at like Texas and stuff; they've got some 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 track athletes, some gymnasts. 
they got some Instagram followers. And, and again, this is where it goes back to the females and, and, and you get what I'm hinting at without getting what I'm hinting at. I mean, I mean to say it like females are going to be able to have an opportunity to make some money. Yeah. And I don't mean that in some sort of like sexist inappropriate way. Like they just are like, if you're pretty and you're at a, and you're good on social media, you're going to make some money. You're going to have an opportunity to promote some stuff. Right. And I think that's where the opportunity is. I really wish like the, the ones I keep thinking of for softball, the problem is I think they're graduating. Uh, Raquel Dominguez for Oklahoma State would be awesome. I mean, she's got about 4,500. She had so much personality. She was always the one behind uh, Gajewski during um, like interviews and stuff, just chugging water, being crazy, being wild. Like her personality makes a ton of sense. She would have an opportunity to do so. I think she's graduating. So I'm really curious for Oklahoma State. Who are the? I'm curious who the personalities are for this year because that's who we're really going to see it from. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out because this is, I mean, this is new to college athletics. So we are going to see the first couple of years are going to be weird and wild when it when it comes to this. Let's go to the we talked about the you know the some of the the lower lower tier is not the way I mean to say it, but the sports that don't make as much money. Let's just be frank. But let's go to the low hanging fruit when it comes to football. Who are some Oklahoma State players you think that have a, a good chance to to really benefit from this. Well, I mean, Sanders is obvious. I, yeah, of course. He, yeah, start, yeah, starting quarterback. I, I was trying to avoid that one just because, like, he's QB1. Like, that's, that's just kind of how it's going to be. But also, how long is he going to be QB1? Um, whoever is the starting – whoever turns into the stud wide receivers of Ray, if Braylon Presley yeah. is – I think Braylon. It's Braylon, right? Or is that the younger brother? Brennan. Brennan is the one at OSU right now. Thank you. I'm sorry. Keeping track of players and recruiting, it gets, it's exhausting. Um, if he's a stud, whoever's the stud wide receiver is going to have an opportunity because he's, he's yeah. going to get plays. Um, and there's my personality. Like, I, I just – I don't know. Um, oh, Colby Harville Peel. Dude. Yeah. His, his, I don't know how big his following is. But the dude has a big personality. I think Trey Sterling's another guy that could too. So again, it also comes back to if you're a marketer, if you're a company who's trying to market your product, okay, this is where it comes back to what is your marketability? Everyone's going to have chances to make some money, right? Yeah. Maybe a local restaurant in town pays Trey Sterling to make an appearance and do some sign some autographs. Cool. Um, that's awesome. But it, social media following, as, as annoying as it is, and people don't want to talk about it, social media following is going to matter, okay? Because without being able to do, like, this is where we get into stuff of, like, if you want to make some money, that's where it's going to matter. Yes. Otherwise, you can make some free meal or some gift cards or make 100 bucks doing this or that or, or, or another. But if you want to make some money, your social media following is going to matter. It just is. That, because that's where you promote things. That's where you're going to be able to pr- pr- promote a business, Outside of then just sh- promoting that you're going to show up and be there and people want to come, come see you and shake your hand and meet you locally. Like, otherwise, you're going to have to go promote a product. And to promote a product, you have to have people who you can promote that product to. And if your social media following is small or limited, and look, 3,000 is going to be, I think, the bare minimum. Like, if you, can't have, if you don't have 3,000 followers on, an, on a platform, who are you advertising to? 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's you just have a, or you're just advertising something to Oklahoma State fans because that's who follows you, and so right. that's so, who's going to care, right? So, so this, so starting off, I agree with you. I, I think that is going to be very interesting to see how things shake out in that regard. Here's what's going to be interesting though. Uh, when uh, it was announced that NIL was going to start in Oklahoma, remember how Oklahoma State did that huge like social media campaign of what they and that company yeah. influencer were yeah. going to do. There's going to, there is a class for athletes that is through the business school that is all about personal finance and building your brain. That it's not obviously required for athletes to take, but if you want to build your social media following and you know make money while you're in school and build the brand for post-college, post whether that's professional, um, being a professional athlete in whatever sport it is or just professionally in whatever they're doing beyond sports, that's there for them. So I don't know how many Oklahoma State athletes will see the impact of it right away. Two to three years down the road, though, once this class is really in place and you see more athletes with the ability to do it and then impart some of that wisdom that they learn on some of the freshmen and sophomores and guys that guys and, and girls that maybe haven't taken the class yet, you're going to see more of that you know, start to, start to work its way in. I don't think it's going to be an immediate thing, but I think in the long term, it's really going to benefit Oklahoma State to have that partnership with influencer to build the brains of their student athletes. Yeah, no, I agree. That's, there's nothing wrong with it. Most schools have some sort of relationship or, or getting one figured out. Yes. So everyone's going to have more opportunity. Everyone's going to learn more things. Being taught how to, how to build your brand and being able to build your brand are two different things. That's also true. Yeah. Like lots of people, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Amazing. What people don't, no. Um, again, I do this for a living. And I don't know how many times I have to explain the basics of Facebook to businesses who don't understand it. And you can, under, you can know the things, but it doesn't mean that you're able to do them without a lot of practice too. That's the other catch. For everybody who's great on TikTok, there's a thousand, for every 18-year-old who's great on TikTok, there's a thousand kids who suck at it. For every, every, thousand, every one athlete who's good on Instagram, there's another thousand athletes who are just fine. They just don't know what to do. So they're going to be, this is what I'm talking about. I'm curious who the personalities will be that rise up. I'm curious who the players will be that are able to take advantage of this the most outside of the obvious football players and basketball players. Like I'm, right. I'm very curious um, because I, I, I can't think of, the ones who I keep thinking of other than Ferrari and there's a basketball and football are gone or leaving mm -hmm. or graduating. There will be some who rise to rise to the top of, of the chart. I'm just curious who they're going to be and if they're going to be ready for it. Like I've been trying to figure out, I want to, for our show, I want to be able to have some, some sponsored athletes. Now for me, it's tricky. I have to figure out, uh, I have to balance a fine line uh, because I was talking with Matt Brown about this and he made a really excellent point I hadn't thought of until he mentioned it. I'm happy to admit that I didn't think of something because sometimes I like to jump into things very excitedly and don't think things all the way through or I miss some things. And his point was, it's really uncomfortable to pay someone to promote you that you then have to turn around and talk about and criticize them or their team that they play for, right? So from a sponsorship standpoint, 
I have to find the balance of what athletes in the Big 12 can I bring on to have promote the show or do I need to go like former athletes I could look for, but that's just paying a former athlete, which isn't a bad idea. Right. right. Maybe they're just, they're just really good on Instagram. They have a huge following from the school they're at and others for various reasons. There are some former Big 12 athletes uh, who competed at various levels who have some Instagram followings that are very good at it, who I would reach out and be like, hey, but if I want to sponsor athletes, one of athletes do it, I'm going to have to be very careful about who I go after, which means I'm not going to be going after football or basketball or softball or even baseball because I talk about those on the show. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't talk a ton of baseball, but we do talk baseball on a pretty once the season hits. I like to talk a lot of softball. Uh, we talk about basketball. Once the basketball season is all, is all in, we're going to talk about football like crazy. I'm going to have to find athletes in sports that we don't talk about to make sure it's not awkward. Right. So I'm going to have to, we don't talk about track. I don't know how to talk about it. And I, and I, I, I have enough episodes and topics that I discussed that, that I don't do good numbers that I'm not going to add track and field to it. And I don't mean that bad, but like, let's just, let's just be honest. But I could reach out to a, a West Virginia runner who's got a huge social media following and try and get them to promote the show for a month or so. I could reach out to, we don't talk a lot of wrestling. We talk a little bit of wrestling. I'll probably have a wrestling guest on a couple times during wrestling season. I'll talk a lot about it a lot. Maybe I get one of those. Maybe there's a member of the Baylor acrobatics and tumbling team whose head coach I've had on my show. That's got a big Instagram following that doesn't necessarily have to do entirely about acrobatics and tumbling. Maybe I get them on. So the biggest thing about this NIL stuff is it's Thursday and really no one knows what the hell's going on. Yeah. This is, this is the most, Oh shoot. I mean, the NCAA is going to approve basically bylaws that allow schools in states without NIL legislation passed and approved. The schools in those states are basically just going to make up the rules per school. They have to approve that on Wednesday that they vote that in. The day before is when the NCAA is going to figure is going to make that official. So that the day before, we are at the kid forgot to do their homework till the night before, and now they're going to cram and figure it all out and then hope to God that they're ready for that big final test. Because that's the point we're at. We, we just, we don't know. Like there's so many things that nobody knows. And smart people, smart people who are paying attention to the stuff are just like, I mean, I think we figured out some of it. We think we know how someone's going to go. It's going to be a cluster for the first couple of months. I know we've seen some stuff. There's some players who already have some big NIL deals ready to go. I think there's a couple from Texas. This is not shocking. You're going to see some quarterbacks and some players from, from big time schools. It would not shock me if you come out on Thursday and B. John Robinson's got a marquee, some big, nice NIL marketing package. It's B. John Robinson's going to be the starting quarterback for Texas or running back for Texas. People are already talking about him. He's already going to be like the preseason, uh, a preseason first team running back. Like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Sanders, guys like that, that all makes sense. But it's going to be, it's going to take a little while to figure things out. So it, it's, it is interesting. It's awesome. But like anything new, people are going to get mad. Why don't, NCAA has screwed this up for years. So it's going to be worse than it should be. But it's still like anything new. People are going to see, we told you these terrible things were going to happen. You don't, you don't go and complain to Apple because the first gen product you bought isn't perfect. You don't buy first gen. No law is perfect. No new thing is ever hundred percent hammered out. It takes time to figure stuff out. So we'll roll with it and figure it out. And I'm, I am weirdly excited. I love weird new things. I like to watch both the train wreck and the beauty of everyone getting out of it cleanly. Yeah. It, 
in a way, the way that you described how how the NCAA basically is just going up until the very last minute to make a decision on anything and try and make the rules as very reactive as opposed to proactive. And I'm watching Major League Baseball do that right now, changing rules for pitchers midseason. And it's a nightmare, and it's awful. Now, is everything going to be a nightmare and awful for the NCAA? I mean, it's the NCAA, so probably. <laughs> but let, let's, just, let's just be honest. With the NCAA is not very good at anything. So I, it's going to be – there's going to be some, some shit go down on July 1st that the NCAA is going to have to figure out. And I'm going to sit back and laugh my ass off because they clearly uh, are not ready for the storm that's, that's going to come because the athletes are going to have the power now, which they have not had really in a long time. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And I think it's going to be very interesting because I think you, you said it on your show last week, last week, the week before when NIL uh, really started to come about it was a Supreme Court decision. I'm sorry. That, that's what I mean. And you said, this is not the end of the NCAA, but it's a slow march to death for the NCAA. Like, we're at the very beginning of college athletics ending in the way that we know it right now. Uh, yes and no. Like, we're, like, we're still years away from what I, I mean as the end game. But this if is the, the, if this the NCAA the actually gave a shit about doing things properly. They would figure out collective bargaining, and this would all go. And this would all be fixed. But they're not going to do that. They're going to. They're literally going to be drug, kicking, screaming, and fighting to the gallows, and and hung there for all to see. Embarrassingly, shit themselves because that's that's just how they are. Mm-hmm. Right. You you're not going to convince a bunch of old rich white dudes to give up their seat at the table. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it of their own accord. They don't give a shit. They're going to do whatever they want to do. And so they're still fighting this nonsense. There's going to be more lawsuits. There's still going to be something to come. There'll be federal legislation on NIL at some point by the end of the year, probably if not early next year, and things will get ironed out. Um, is there going to be cheating? There's already cheating. So don't come at me about cheating. Yeah, don't come. Don't, don't talk oh, about they're, that. You, they're going to be. They're going to be <laughs> Folks, players get money now. Players get money now. Players get money now. When, pe- when people get into arguments with me, Levi, about how much recruiting budget has an impact on getting the top recruits, it it's not because you have the budget to spend on the best graphics that they now get to share on their Twitter account. It's because you're paying them bigger checks. Yep. Yep. Okay. Not everybody gets paid. Okay. But the best players, the best players, they get paid and they go to schools where they're going to get or believe they can be a first round draft pick and then get what paid again. The fun part about this, the really interesting thing about this is, is a debate, a, a conversation that I've been starting to see the last couple of days is how the NIL impacts guys who leave early basketball and football, because they just got to go make some green. Yeah. They're not going to be first round picks. They're not going to be second picks. They know these things. They don't care. They just need to go start making some money for, Family issues. Maybe they get, maybe they got kids. But shoot, we're talking about Trey Sterling. Trey Sterling's got a baby on the way. Yeah. But if you are able to make money while still in college because of NIL, you might see you're going to see more players who instead of opting out to try, because they have to go pro, they have to get a job, they got to go start making money. They can stay at school because they can make money while they're at school and right. thus continue to play in college as opposed to jumping off to go be an undrafted free agent because they just they don't. Like we rag these kids like, how could you leave early? You weren't going to, 
I don't care. Like you're missing the point. I have to go make paycheck. I've got kids to feed. I've got family that's relying on me. I am the first kid in my, my family to go to college. I got to go make, I got to, I have an opportunity to go get paid. I have to go do those things. I can't wait another year of college and continue to drag this out. I have to go. But if you are able to make money and not leave early because you need to go make money, you can make money while you're in college. You might, you're going to see more lower tier players, players who aren't high draft picks or players who, especially in men's basketball, who aren't going to get drafted, stay in college longer because they can and they can make money at the same time. So I was just thinking about that. When it comes to, I don't think it, this is not going to fully end the whole one and done thing. I think that's still going to be, but I think the amount of guys that go one and done probably goes down a little bit. And I also want, like not by a lot, I think it's probably like a, like marginally. But I wonder how it's going to impact guys going to college versus guys going to the G league team that the NCAA, that the NBA decided to do because the NCAA was not paying players or like you were not, you couldn't make NIL. So they're like, Oh yeah, here's a quarter of a million dollars. Come do this, go. And then you don't have to go to, you don't have to fake going to classes. You can just go pro, but there's zero exposure for those guys. Like the, the G league is kind of televised, but not really like Kate Cunningham was the number one pick coming into the year. And he went to Oklahoma State, and everyone's like, why would you go to Oklahoma State? And like, look, he's still going to go be the number one pick to the Pistons. Jesus. Uh, we haven't talked about that. I don't even know that I want to. I, I don't want to. I think, I think my statement says enough there. But I think this I, impacts I wonder what more, the, I think it's less the guys who are getting first round, early second round grades who just who, who want to go. There's guys who just don't want to be in college anymore. There's, there's guys who are like, I don't care. I'm going to go to the league. Yeah. And – MVA is different than NFL, but I think there's a, this will affect more guys who are, you might be a second round pick, you might just not get drafted and you go to the G League. I think that's where they're going to see the bigger impact. So, for instance, let's say you're Oklahoma State <clears throat> football or basketball. Football. Football's big thing, everybody bitches about recruiting. Your thing is that you bring in guys that you're going to develop, right? But the problem is, you if you're going to spend two years developing them and then they're going to be good for a year and then they're going to bounce to go be a sixth round draft pick because they got to go make money. Was that all worth it? Or now instead of being a sixth round draft pick, you stay because you can make enough money playing an extra year. Now Oklahoma State's benefited by that. Like it's in the school's best interests to help these kids make money. It is yeah. in Mike Gundy's best interest. It is in Mike Boynton's best interest to make, help these kids make money. Not only if you do a good job of it and show that your player is going to get money because they come here and, and you can help them do that. Now you can help that with recruiting, which everyone's going to be able to do. It's just who does a better job of it. But you can retain your players better. Now, this isn't going to affect everybody. Again, every kid's different. There's kids who just want to go, and that's fine. I'm not going to judge any kid for making any decision in their life other than, you know, that's not what I would do, but whatever, man. you got to make your own decisions. But I do think you will see more guys who would have left early just because they needed to go make make some money, stay because they're able to. It's all these other effects that we don't think about when we talk these conversations that are so interesting that I'm so excited about. I don't know what the unforeseen consequences are. I also yes. don't know what more of the unseen benefits of this are going to be, like players sticking around longer. See, that's the thing was we always focus on the negative. That's how you derail things, right? You gotta focus on the negative, negative, negative. This is good. Yeah. It's not being put into place well because the NCAA is a bunch of morons, but this is good, okay? This is the right thing to do, and mm-hmm. I think it will be beneficial. It's, it's more nonsense for head coaches to have to deal with, and I get some don't want to, and that's fine. Sometimes you get aged out of things, folks. I got to listen to students at the college that is in town who come intern for me talking about how they've got teachers who still tell them that 
advertising on radio and the newspaper is what's most important. And I laugh oh my God. because that is asinine because you can't age out college professors for some stupid reason. Cause they're if you don't like the way things are, oh. if you don't like the way things are going in, in, in your industry, find another one, but you can't stop progress. You can't be like, we're going back to Nope. The wishbone is never going to come back to be the prominent way that college football is played. Just get over it. Okay. So if you want to go in there and coach wishbone, that's the only thing you care about. We're going to do the wishbone. Then you go and do the wishbone and I'll go watch wishbone with my kids in OETA and laugh at you. Yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be fascinating, especially for the first couple of years to see how everything unfolds. Cause I don't think the, like we'll, we'll see the initial ripple, the initial, you know, rock hitting the, you know, hitting the water. But some of the ripples, as it continues to go, it's going to be a couple years down the line before we see some of the true, as you said, unintended consequences or the unseen benefits of everything. But it's initially, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, we'll see benefits quickly. But oh yeah, no. well we'll see both. But I think there's still going to be more down the line that we haven't even thought of yet on both sides of the coin. When the f- is the NCAA going to quit screwing around and approve Oklahoma State's appeal, overturn the postseason ban, get rid of the scholarship reductions? Because here we go, another school, TCU, three-year sanctions, no scholarship production, no postseason ban. The only team to deal with a postseason ban so far has been Oklahoma State. The only team to have scholarship reductions at the level that Oklahoma State has had is Oklahoma State. The appeal is going to get one. They are not going to have to deal with this shit because if they don't, there's going to be a, why are we dealing with this punishment when the other schools who were, they tried, we were right. They tried to make an example of Oklahoma state. It didn't work because guess what? Nobody cares. Also, I'm going to keep saying this. Don't cooperate with the NCAA. Tell them to off, do what LSU and Kansas are doing right now and tell them go suck an egg and make us, make us fire our coach. Make us do what you – we're because we're not going to. We're not going to yeah. cooperate. Yeah, Kansas, cooperate. Kansas is in the middle of three level one violations, and they went, oh, we're giving Bill Self a, a lifetime An contract. Extent, a lifetime contract. And you know what you're going to do about it? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Nothing. Yep. Oh, this is going to be a fun one to go back and edit. Eh, it's the last one. I can, I'll take my sweet time. Have fun with it. Um, okay, so – it's, it just so happens that we are ending our tenure here at the same time as Mike Holder is, ending his tenure as the athletic director, Oklahoma State, Janu- July 1. Yes. The baton will be passed to, to Weiberg. If you haven't listed yet, we did our, 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 our top 10 Holder hires. That was, was a lot last, of fun. Most, that was the most recent episode, I believe. It was a good episode. I enjoyed doing that. It was. I, I, I really did like that one. That was, I feel like that was one of the more thought out, like, because we planned ahead. I say full the thing because we actually planned ahead on it, not just I think we'll talk about this and see what happens. We are shitty podcasters. There's no way this show can get any worse than it's been during our three year tenure. There's just I just don't think it can. Um half okay. the time because we would do reaction pods after we've had about I don't know, four or five drinks painfully watching Oklahoma State football, and then we just stumble to our microphones and hope that we sound coherent. I think we should put like a caveat here because I'm about to just like say whatever the hell I want to say for a little while. And, uh, Go for it. I mean, I um, and I'm going to bounce topics like you, you don't like no one's business. If this is going to take a little bit, can I go get another beer? 
you should get another fear. We should run the ads because we should give everybody a moment to decide whether or not they want to stick around for this nonsense or not. Well, well Philip will, will have his uh, soliloquy here after the break. And then I think it would be, we, we would be remiss if we did not reminisce a little bit about some of the fun stuff that we've done over three years. So we'll ha- you will have your moment and then we'll go. Everyone go get another drink because I have no idea how much longer this is going to go. So we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The floor, sir. We're going to bounce around here on our last episode because it feels like it. Um, Okay, let's start here. You know me, scheduling talk. It gets me all randy. so all hot and obviously we found out oh all very very hot and bothered um even okay that was too far from the <laughs> i'm cutting that you can't fire me <laughs> huh that that's getting bleeped <laughs> oh, okay um so we now know the opponent for oklahoma state in the big 12 sec challenge oklahoma state will be traveling to florida to face the gators not only to face the Gators, but to be facing off against now former Oklahoma State, current Florida assistant Eric Pastrana, which is just, I will say this. The Big 12 Big East matchups for me were kind of like, meh. There's some good ones here. There's a whole lot of like, meh. Who does Oklahoma State play again? Is it Xavier? Florida. Oh, no, uh, yes. Yes. Xavier? Okay. A nice matchup. It's fine. Yeah. It should be a win for Oklahoma State. Uh, Florida's going to be tough, but they gave us they gave some mother matchups, okay? You get stories galore. So you K- get this K- one, which is an Kentucky internal sketch. at Kansas. Kentucky at Kansas. That's good. That's very nice. Yes. That's just a great football matchup. Or just a great basketball matchup. It's a terrible football matchup. Terrible. This is a great basketball matchup, period. Like, that's a good one. Oh, God. Anything involving Kansas is a terrible football matchup. Um No, I just lost them. Hold on, I pulled the schedule up because I wanted them all. Here it is. Here we go. Oklahoma State, Kansas, or Oklahoma State at Florida. This is a nice one. This is interesting. Two solid teams. Should be a lot of fun. You get Pastrana, who was uh, one of our, our last guests here on the show. It was a fantastic interview. I, we should have ranked our interviews here on the show. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about some of our favorites here in a little while. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to do We can do you some get, kind of ranking there. Yeah. You get Kentucky, Kansas. You get Tennessee at Texas. Rick Barnes going back to Austin. Rick Barnes going back to Austin. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. West Virginia and Arkansas? Yes, please. That sounds great. Uh, even OU at Auburn is, like, really interesting. Baylor at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only one where I'm like, what is happening? LSU at TCU. Eh. Uh, uh, uh. Missouri at Iowa State. Even that one's pretty evenly matched because Iowa State's not very good, but Missouri's not very good even. It is a, it's a fantastic lineup this year. It's great I, every year. I might have to go to West Virginia Arkansas just because I live in Arkansas and it's not that far, and it might be a lot of fun to go watch West Virginia play Arkansas. So I live like 
30-ish minutes from Lawrence. I'm oh, need dude, to, you I, have to go. I might, have to go. Find, I might need to find a way to like sneak into Allen Fieldhouse for that game. If you find two tickets, you tell me. Okay. Have, have you ever been to Allen Fieldhouse? No. For, for a KU game at all? Okay. No. I've been three times. I will say this. You don't even have to be a KU fan. And I, no. I – now – because Bill Self is an Oklahoma State guy, like I don't hate KU basketball the way some people do. Like it's just kind of a whatever thing. But you go and you're when they do the rock shock Jayhawk around a sold out Allen Fieldhouse before the game, that shit will send chills down your spine. Even when you're rooting for the op to the opposing team. It is an incredible, incredible experience. And I love Gallagher Ivory Arena. I've seen sold out GIA. I've seen GIA at some of its best over the last couple of years. I'm sorry, it doesn't compare to Allen Fieldhouse. And Allen Fieldhouse is a cathedral of the sport. And yeah, if you have the opportunity to go, like when Oklahoma State plays in Lawrence, I recommend you do it. Even if Oklahoma State doesn't win, just to experience that place is, it's unlike anything else. Like, I truly. Like, unless you go to, like, Cameron Indoor, like, there's not many other places that compare to what Allen Fieldhouse provides. Um, I, I will say I, there's a number of places I want to go and I've reached a point in my life where I'd rather just go see these places when Oklahoma State's not playing there so I don't have to deal with having mm-hmm. to be, like, stressed out about Oklahoma State playing or losing. That's and also just true. Enjoy the location. So that's why I'm like, West Virginia, Arkansas, that's fun. I like, I like that. Uh, Kentucky, Kansas, please, yes. Like, I need to go to some of the other Big 12 stadiums football-wise. I don't want to go to Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I don't need that in my life. What I would rather do is go to Iowa State when they're playing like Iowa and it's crazy and I don't have to care. Like yeah. I can be an Iowa State fan, just be like, ah, oh, well, that was fun and then move on with my life, right? Yeah, that, that's something my buddies like that and would I be enjoyable. about. Yeah, my, my two college roommates and I have decided that we're going to find, we're going to do a, we've decided we're doing a summer baseball trip somewhere to a team we're not even fans of. We're going to go and try and make our way around the ballparks. But well, we're going to do a college football trip. Now, nowhere affiliated with Oklahoma State. It could be, but we also just want to just go experience college football somewhere else. Like, we want to go to the Grove. We want to go to State College and go to a white, like the Penn State Whiteout game, Army, Navy, Michigan, Notre Dame, whatever else. Like, some of those top places, like, I want to experience that too. Like, I love Oklahoma State, but there's so much more to college football and college basketball and some of those other places to experience that for once in your life damn like I, i'm not gonna miss out on that yeah yeah no i agree um okay so with the scheduling in mind who is one team you're that you're put in charge of oklahoma state scheduling all right okay? you get to pick who you get to build the schedules out who is one team only one that you put on oklahoma state schedule in the future this is for basketball um, for the following five sports. Ooh. Football, men's basketball, baseball, softball, and a sport of your choosing. Okay. For football, already on that, that team's already on the schedule. Shoot. Um, I want to say Auburn. Give me a home and home with Auburn. Because I feel like, and I, I think I talked about this at some point during the last football season. Like I think Oklahoma State and Auburn are similar schools when it comes to football. They like they've had relative success, you know, and success over the last you know however long. Some of the best stretch of you know of 
success in their program's history, coupled with their biggest rival in the same state also having an unprecedented run of success. Like, it is very much, it would be little brother versus little brother, which would be kind of funny, but it would also give me an opportunity to go to Jordan Hare, and I'm cool with that. Uh, that would be probably, that's where I go there. For basketball, I mean, it's hard not to say one of those blue bloods to get them in GIA, if you could. Like, pick one. I don't care. Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky. Any of those would be would be awesome. It's hard to pin down one uh, in that regard. Maybe maybe North Carolina, just because just uh, just to pick one, I guess. Baseball, it's Arkansas. It's so close. I know it's not a true rivalry, but they're consistently one of the best teams in the country. We've seen Vanderbilt, but I think Arkansas would be who I, who I pick there. Or Arizona, just to get some revenge for the College World Series a couple of years ago. Softball? Hmm. I say... Maybe Oregon just for the uniform matchup. But more realistically, I'd, I'd say maybe Florida, give me Florida State just because of the way that the season ended for Oklahoma State against them at three in the morning or whatever BS that was. Like, let's get them to Stillwater. Let's run it back. And if for number five, I'm going to go with this. And I still think this is a possibility that, that this happens. I have no information regarding this. But give me an Oklahoma State-Iowa wrestling duel in Boone Pickens Stadium. They did it at Kinnick Stadium a couple of years. I think it was my freshman year in 2015. But I want that. Because at Oklahoma State, you will get 60,000 people in Boone Pickens Stadium for that event. And that would be one of the best atmospheres in all of college wrestling ever. Okay. All right. I like your list. I like you. So you have football is Auburn, men's basketball is North Carolina. Baseball is Arkansas, softball, Florida State, watch wrestling Iowa in Boone Pickens Stadium. Okay. Yes. And football, I want Notre Dame. Okay, I like that. I, I don't. I don't like Notre Dame. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but Oklahoma I've State never liked Notre Dame. Played in football. Never played in football. I have enough respect for Notre Dame. Um, I know how big that game was when Notre Dame went to Oklahoma and played in Norman. If Notre Dame were to come to Boone Pickett Stadium, I know Alabama's on the future schedule. Um, I will say this: if it's post Nick Saban, it's not the same thing, right? Yeah. But Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is still a bigger brand than Alabama. And when people scoff at me at that saying that, no, you're absolutely Dame right. It's a bigger brand. Alabama is a better football program because of Nick Saban. When Nick Saban leaves, they will not be as good as they are now. They're just not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Just get over it. Notre Dame is a brand. It is an established. Everybody knows who it is. Brand having Notre Dame for a home and home on the schedule is the one thing where I'm like, make that freaking happen because you would. If you said you have to have season tickets to do that, they'd sell out of season tickets in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. People would be so excited to go see that game. I would love to go see the game. Also, I know I said that I would like to start going to games and visiting stadiums without them playing Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State went up to Notre Dame and prayed or played in front of Touchdown Jesus, I would be at that game. Oh, yeah. I, I would. I would sell, have I'd sell my to soul to go game. to that game, which is ironic because they're a Catholic school. So uh, that's, that's football. Men's basketball. There is one school that Oklahoma State has played multiple times and has never been able to beat. Don't pick them. me off to this day. Don't do it. 
It pisses me it. off to this day. I'm gonna because I'm sick and tired of it. Don't Damn. do it. Don't do it. I'm putting a dog back on the. <laughs> I I I don't hate Gonzaga. I hate that Oklahoma State has never been able to beat Gonzaga. I hate them because I was there for the battle in Seattle game, and I watched Adam Morrison hit that shot. I can't get it out of my head. I I need Gonzaga home and home again. Because, again, blue blood, everyone's going to care, big game, get in in GIA. Get in GIA now when when people are, like, invested. That's also fair. Um, Yeah, you could do, like, Duke. I I don't – like getting Oklahoma State playing Duke is great. It's neat. I want a team where I'm like, no, I want to beat that team. Like beating Duke would be cool. I want to like my the, the my inner demon needs to beat Gonzaga so freaking badly. The only other one I would really get like excited for, weirdly enough, would be Tennessee, and that's because I don't like Tennessee. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Baseball. Arkansas is a really good pick. Um, I like that pick. It makes no sense to me that they don't do home and homes more often. Um, had Vanderbilt, which takes that one out of the running. I'm pissed off that the Oregon State home series might probably uh-huh. not happen now. And I would say Oregon State because I think OSU deserves that three-game series in Stillwater. After we got canceled by COVID, they do. They deserve it. But I'm going to take the other one that you mentioned. I want a home and home three-game series with Arizona. Yeah. That's who I want. Um, I want not a you play on a Tuesday night, you meet in some neutral site thing in there. I want a home and home with Arizona. I want them to, I want to go there. I want them to come here. I want that. That would be awesome. I would like that very, very much. Um, and I would try to make sure I am there for that. Um, softball. And I, I've thought a lot about this one. It's been really hard. Um, I don't think he would do it because of his history there. But I want Florida. I thought a lot about UCLA because of UCLA's history, how good they've been. How, I get it. I, I want. I want Florida. I have a weird obsession with like scheduling places you used to coach at. But look, if 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 Holiday can schedule Vanderbilt home and home, Gaiasi can schedule Florida home and home, and I think that would be amazing to have Florida come to Stillwater and for Oklahoma State to go to Florida. And look, again, non-conference for softball is not the same as baseball. You don't get those kinds of series. You have to go to these big, like, tournament things, right? But OSU hosts a couple of them in Stillwater, and they will do deals with Oklahoma where Oklahoma will come to Stillwater. Now, OSU and OU won't play in that, but they'll share those opponents, and that, that benefits both teams, and it benefits teams who come. Get Florida to come into Stillwater one year. You can trade off. You can go to something that they host in here. I don't care. But get them to come to town. Let Florida know you get to play Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Make sure OSU gets to play them twice. Get them a Friday. Get them a doubleheader on Sunday, right? But uh, give me Florida. I would love to see the Oklahoma State play Florida softball. And, and last but not least, I, I thought long and hard about which women's team I wanted to go with here. And I had only – I was very torn back and forth, and I came to this. I want the women's tennis team to have a home series with the team that prevented Oklahoma State from winning its first women's NCAA national championship. Stanford? Stanford. 
I want Coach Chris Young to schedule Stanford to come to Stillwater. I want that to happen. I am big on revenge bullshit, which is why I almost said Oregon State for men's basketball is because I know for sure if you schedule them and you got to play them in Stillwater, you'd curb stomp the ever-living shit out of that curbable team. But uh, I want the women's tennis team to play Stanford. I want Stanford to come. That's the, that, that, that they're the best. They are the crown jewel of women's tennis. You lost to them in the championship game. Get them to come to town. I bet you could. I bet you could find, work out a deal with Stanford that they'd be willing to come and do so. I'm sure they'd be happy to do something like that. Make it happen. Heck, you can do it. Swap with the men's. You bring it. Whatever. We'll do it home and home. Well, you come and we'll go there. Fine. Stanford women's tennis. I, was, I thought very hard about women's soccer. I thought really hard about soccer. But they played Notre Dame a couple of times. So that would have been one of my picks. Uh, North Carolina is amazing, but I didn't. I just was like, I have a, I don't. I don't want to do that. Um, and then I ran out of like, who in soccer would I want? Would I want them to schedule that would just get me like super excited? And they already scheduled Notre Dame. I think they, 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 North Carolina is like too good. Where I'm like, yeah, but that's not. I, like I don't, I don't care. And they do a, typically a pretty good job of scheduling some solid teams. So, women's tennis, give me Stanford. I want revenge. I want revenge. I like it. I like it. I wish that the golf programs, as important as match play is nowadays, I wish you could schedule more just like match play tournaments. On a weekend, like the Big Twelve has the Big Twelve match play tournament. They added that in once match play became a big part of like the Big Twelve tournament. And other, they added just a match play tournament. I wish you could just host like a four team match play tournament for the weekend. That would and everybody be plays fun. everybody. Okay. How cool would it be to say, if you're Oklahoma State, you're going to schedule, you're going to play one weekend. You say we're going to play match play. We're going to invite three teams to Stillwater. We're going to do everybody plays everybody else that way. Because it's your three rounds, your three days of match play. Everybody's to play everybody. And then at the end of it, whoever has the best whatever is the winner of the yeah. tournament. But it's a match play. You could bring in some really cool teams and have a lot of fun with that. And then you can sell it and ESPN Plus can televise it because match play is fun to put on TV. I know golf is very expensive to broadcast. That's why there's not more college golf on TV. It's very expensive to broadcast. Match play tournaments. Just going to throw that out there. That would be cool. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Okay, uh, Joel. Andy Staples had a question asked to him uh, on his podcast, and he put it out on social media. I thought it was really interesting. Um, you choose only one. Okay. You could be, over the next 20 years, you could be guaranteed one football national championship, but you only get one. Or you can take your chance. What are you taking? So you get one national championship, or what's the other option? You just take your chance. So if you if you get one, that's the only one you are going to get over twenty years. You are you will you will not win another one. You cannot win another one, or you just take your chances because you think you can you could win one on your own if not more. Uh, I take the national championship. I really do because I think over the course of twenty years, Oklahoma State would maybe get close one time like a 2011 and that's it i'd rather guarantee myself a natty because that shit lives forever i know that alabama wins all the time and so there's other school but you take that national championship 100 percent of the time 
Correct. That is the correct answer. The only teams who should take the chance are Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. Yes. Any other, even Oklahoma. Yeah. Who hasn't won one since 2000. It's been 21 years, the longest stretch between national championships in Oklahoma's football history. Anybody not named Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State should take the guaranteed football championship. And if there's a fan that tells you otherwise, they're insane. Or yes. they haven't watched Oklahoma State football for a long time. No, I mean, of any fan. Or of any I don't care who you yeah. are. Yeah. Maybe Georgia. State? Maybe Georgia. Maybe Georgia. Maybe. Maybe. That's a big maybe. But I would, I would take everybody not named Ohio State, Clemson, or Alabama should just go, we'll take one. Mm-hmm. We'll take one. Because you will live off that for so long. Mm-hmm. And you can't take it away. It's there. It's a real one, not an awarded one. Put the 2011 Big 12 championship back on the inside of the stadium and take that stupid national championship from 1945 down, damn it. Please. Please. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. God, it's so embarrassing. I'm, I, I'm fine with the meme of it, but I didn't need the actual like signage in the stadium. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd, ra- I'd rather have that 2011 Big 12 title on there because, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, because you, you earned that one. You won that one. You can't. Mm-hmm. That wasn't awarded to you. Mm-mm. 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 I still think the ultimate hill that I, I will die on when it comes to Oklahoma State sports is that they would have beaten the brakes off of LSU in the national championship that year. Like Oklahoma State would have won the national championship that year if they had the opportunity. I... I'm not going to say beat the brakes off of, but I do believe they would have won. Now, I think it would have been closer than Oklahoma State fans like to pretend. Like they, I, this idea that because they couldn't score a lot, like they weren't any good, their defense was disgusting. Oklahoma State would have struggled to score, and Oklahoma State's defense was poor, was bend or break enough that LSU would have scored points. Do I think Oklahoma State would have won in the end? I do. Do I think it would have been a close, low-scoring affair? I do. Like, I think it still would have been like 20 to 17-ish, which is low-scoring by, you know, that team standards. Um, but I, I think Oklahoma State would have won that. I, I agree. And, I, and what's funny is you say that, I still envision a 20 23-17 game where Justin Blackman still has eight catches for 110 yards and touchdown. Because you can just pencil him in for it. People do not remember what kind of athletic freak he was. Like, I have never seen a more – like, people talk about Devonta Smith this year, and I think Devonta Smith earned the Heisman and should have won it, and that's all great and all. Yeah. But I think people talk about that season. Then you look at Justin Blackman's two Boletnikoff seasons, and I think people forget how dominant and how, like, transcendent he was he was the he is the most dominant offensive player I have ever seen in college. And I there was not, there was no Jalen Waddle on Oklahoma State's no, team that year. No. There who was, was no one receiver, else to, who was wide receiver too? Was it Josh Cooper? Tracy Moore? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Josh Cooper. And that's not Josh Cooper, but you can't compare the talent to Alabama this year to Oklahoma State that year and be like, yeah, that I'm glad for you want to me to just throw up stats? Fine, go ahead. It's also an like but stop. Blackman was, you tried to stop him and you couldn't. Mm-hmm. 
I remember they used to do that like sports science thing on ESPN where they would kind of do a little like, look at this crazy thing. Yeah. And they talked about, and I will never, I will never get it out of my head, how Justin Blackman's like catch radius was the width of a garage door. Yeah. I want you to go stand in front of your garage door, put your arms out as far as you can, as wide as you can, and think about it saying that his width, his catch radius was a garage door. Height and width. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That's stupid. That's a freak of nature. That dude was... Here's the... All right, let's 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 do some let's do some chats. I love James Washington to death. The guy was awesome. Uh, Tylen Wallace is a stud, stud. Neither is anywhere close to a Justin Black. Oh no, and I will never I will never debate that at all. No, but I think I people get. I think I think too often. I think fans who didn't watch Blackman, and I get it. This is the same way we are about people who who we saw and didn't see. Ben, uh, insert great player live, yeah. right? Um, James Washington, fantastic. Um, Tom Wallace, great. They don't do well in the NFL because Oklahoma State doesn't teach them how to route run properly um, because they don't ask them to. They just ask them to run down the side of the field and go catch bombs, which is why James Washington has struggled in the NFL because it took him three years to actually learn how to play a wide receiver as opposed to not just doing that all the time. Yes, Casey Dunn, I'm coming at you. Um, that's why Tylen Wallace – well, Tylen Wallace's problem is going to be on the fact that he's on a team that doesn't throw well enough, but, and they have Rashad Bateman, Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, and Tylen Wallace, and Tylen Wallace is never going to get a pass thrown to him, not because he's well, not no, good. Ty- because Tylen Wallace is going to get a ball thrown to him because Sammy Watkins is going to get hurt in week three and be gone for 10 weeks. There's two. You have Watkins, Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, and Mark Andrews, and the Ravens don't throw the ball that much because Lamar's not that great a passer. I said it. Well, Tylen's not going to. Tylen's landing spot was the worst fucking place he could yes. have possibly gone yes, outside of the. No, that was the worst, the worst landing spot he could have gone to outside of the. Damn Jets. Yeah, and you're correct. But like I said, Sammy Watkins is going to get hurt in week three and be gone for 10 weeks. So there are Great. touches there for him. But then also, He'll the, get, you have, when you have a wide receiver playing quarterback, you're not going to get the ball. But those touches but are Lamar Jackson's a quarterback. I'm, I'm not arguing that. It's just that the difference. Okay, so the difference is he's going to get 13 targets over 17 game season as opposed to three targets over 17 game season because they can't spread the ball out that much. And Mark Andrews gets all the targets because he can't throw the ball downfield. Yeah, 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 but no, I literally anywhere. If there was so, uh, if uh, 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 Detroit drafted Amon Ross St. Brown, great, and I get why Talon Voss fell because of the injury stuff. There's injury concerns. I understand all of that shit, and also I don't think his agent did a very good job. Kelly Masters, but damn it, there's so many places. If he had just gone to a place that needed a freaking wide receiver. Detroit with uh, Detroit. Uh, honestly, anywhere. Anywhere. Oh. That had opportunities. The Jets. I would, I would go to the Jets. That's fine. Just go to a place that had targets. Yeah. And he no targets. went to a place that there aren't targets, enough targets to go around for all the guys they have. And they brought all they have all those guys so they can figure just 
process of elimination. And it's going to kill his career because it's going to take him forever to get an opportunity. He's never going to get one. He's going to go somewhere else. At that point, it's just, it's just, it was the worst place possible. And James Washington is what James Washington is at this point in his career. Um, he's a nice fourth wide receiver for Pittsburgh behind Juju. Juju will leave at the end of the season. That's why I signed a one-year deal. You got why Pittsburgh throws to DeAndre Dropson all the damn time. DeAndre Johnson. No, Dropson. Dropson. Yeah. DeAndre Dropson. Because the man can't catch a football, but they throw it to him and like he's DK Metcalf. Like he's he'll get like he'll get twelve catches a game, but it's on like twenty six targets. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, since we're memory landing it. Who are our best interviews? Who are Mike, our Mike, who Mike are your three favorite? Well, hey, Mike Boynton's number one, like yeah. no shit. Yes. Um, the, and how that came about is hilarious too. So <laughs> I, I don't think you guys know this story, and I don't because I don't think we've talked about it. But last episode, who cares? Philip is in Arizona on vacation, like eight sheets to the wind at this point. I'm pretty sure, and he yes yes okay he decides because i think because the big 12 tournament had gotten canceled at this point and i got there we literally got to arizona if we had left for arizona a day later we probably wouldn't have gone because we got there and then everything shut down because of covid <laughs> yeah so philip then decides okay i'm just gonna dm coach boyton and see what happens and philip sent a super nice message like hey i host a podcast would you be interested in coming on and talking about xyz and like, how long did his response take? Like five minutes? Hold on. Um, I texted him March 12th, 2020, 8.53 p.m. I know this is a reach, but as one of the hosts of an Oval Issue podcast, we would love the opportunity to talk with you about what's happening. Teams eight and three into the season and looking forward to next year. Uh, what is that? Seven, six, so 23 minutes later, let's do it tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Boyne just says, let's do it tomorrow. I get a screenshot of the text exchange from the DM exchange from Philip. And maybe like I get a chance to look at it. And like maybe three seconds later, I get a call from Philip. Like I see him show up. Philip Slavin is calling you. And I slide and he goes, Holy shit, we need to figure this out now. And I'm like, dude, what like what is happening? And <laughs> We got it figured out, and we got that interview. And like, I I left work. I told I was at. I told my boss. I was like, "Hey, I have this interview for a show I'm doing that's not affiliated with work. Obviously, can I leave at like three? And they said, "Cool, go." And so I left, and I got home. I got like changed in time to sit at my computer and pull up Skype because we were using Skype at the time, and call Coach Boyton, and he hopped on. I will never forget how kind he was and gracious with his time because I, I will never forget sitting there and I, we were both so nervous. We were terrified almost. I was pacing one of the guest rooms in my friend's house, the entire conversation. I was sitting there like I had to mute myself a couple of times. I was like, Oh my God. But I, I will never forget asking. I was like, Coach, how much time do you have? We don't want to. We don't want to bother you too much. And he goes, How much time do you need? I will never forget that, because he didn't have to say that. He didn't have to be. Nope. He could have said, I got like 15 minutes, and then I got some recruiting meeting. Like, and I would have been cool with that. I wouldn't have cared. 
but I will never forget him going. How I mean, much it was time the day needed? after. It was the day after the tournament got canceled. I'm yes, sure. he had he had gotten back home. He said, "I'm just sitting on the couch with my kids, having you know, hanging out and stuff. I'm not I'm not really doing anything right now. Whatever you guys need, let's do it." And he sat there and gave us like 30 minutes of his time that he could have not given us at all. And that was one of the coolest moments of my, you know, it's weird to say life, but it's true. Like not often do you get that opportunity to sit down and talk with a division one head coach for that long about whatever topics. And it, it was remarkable. It really, really was. I always knew, and I, you know, I said I, I've talked to Coach Boyden a couple of times uh, offhand. You know, when I was a student at Oklahoma State, but it never ceased to amaze me how amazing of a human being he is. It it lined up with all the stories we hear about him. Like you, you read all this stuff, and you know, you read stuff all. You read a lot of stuff about how nice a guy he is and how genuine he is. And you know, we had Pastrana on. He talked about how like he'll go to a restaurant and talk to the waiter. And go back to that restaurant a year later and remember everything you've talked about with them and ask about their brother or ask about whatever. Um, and I, I, every, every story, having had that experience with him, as generous as he was to, to sit and talk with us. And, you know, he's very like, oh, people do interviews all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was only two days after a pandemic canceled the season. You who me Twitter DMing him, which is not the way you're supposed to do this stuff, but I didn't really care because, again, I was drunk and on vacation while I was doing it. Um, and he was happy, kind enough to, to, to give us that interview. And he was like, well, he's got other shows. Yeah, that's cool. It's great. You went on our show. Do you know who we are? Yeah. Do, do, like, we're, we're the – we. there's, we're like, other dog. things. There's lowercase j journalism, and then there's, like, comic sans journalism, which is what we are. Is there that one – Interviewing Adriana French right after she, she yeah. came back from the world. We're gonna have the, the same world top Cup. ones, man. We're gonna that, have the same that one. That one was awesome. Um, you did not do this one, but for me, it was really cool talking to Jordy Mercer. It was this was right after spring training got canceled. This was maybe a week or two after we interviewed Coach Boyton. So this was right as COVID, like shit, was hitting the fan, and we're all just sitting at home going, "What? What's next?" And Jordy Mercer, who you know has about you know, eight or nine years in the show, he has open DMs. And I was like, why the hell not? So I just, I DM'd him and he's like, yeah, I'm just sitting at my ranch. And, you know, he lives in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma on a ranch next to like Andrew Keeney and a couple other big leaguers that are from Oklahoma. Like Archie Bradley is out there. And there's a bunch of guys. And he was like, yeah, like I'll hop on. And I said, how, again, I was like, how much time do you have? He goes, man, like I sent my kids to bed. We're good to go. And we talked like 45 minutes or an hour about baseball and, you know, his, you know, his whole journey, but to just nerd out about baseball with a dude that's done it at the pro level for, for so long was really cool. Um, trying to think of some, we, we had, we, we've done so many guests, a lot of, um, we did, we, we always tried to find a guest for the opposing team that we did. I remember the one, like me and, uh, you and Levi Stevenson before the, the <laughs> Iowa State game this year, like Levi. We, we, we talked for like 20 minutes about alcohol before we even hit record. And then this dude decided to say, oh, yeah, we're going to blow y'all out. <laughs> so, I mean, let's just run through the list of some of the guys you've had on here. Um, our good friend, Luke McMurtry, NFL agent. Yeah, those, those are always good. He's obviously Eric Pastrana, who is, was our last guest, who was awesome. 
Um, let's see. We love every time Anna Beffer has come on the show to talk yes. about soccer. Oh soccer. She has always been willing to do so. Um, as you mentioned, we've had preview episodes. Um, really enjoyed uh, the conversation with uh, Shot Tracker CEO uh, Davian Ross, which was really cool. That was really cool. I love that one. Uh, hmm, let's see. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, Philip Redwine Bryant. Man, that was fun. That guy that was was. I'm still sad we were never able to get him back on. Like, yeah. it just it just never worked out. Um, influencer CEO Jim Cavale was a good one. Due to that one, yes. Uh, okay, the one that I still sticks out of my brain is when we got Bailey Burmaster and Anise McEwen on the same oh, show because we had them on individually uh, that first summer that we were doing shows. Because we did, you know, I, I we did a summer of former Oklahoma State like alums and athletes who went on to do like things related to sports. This was my yeah. idea, by the way. I'm going to take full credit for it. Oh, no, you did. Um, and yeah. yeah. But we it had was awesome. on, and then like two weeks later, we had Bailey Burmaster on. And we mentioned that we had on the Bailey episode, we announced, we, we basically said, like, yeah, we had a Nissan, you know, X, Y, Z. She goes, oh my God, you get us in the same room and it's a party. It was something to that effect. We went, well, this has to happen now. And then we were all sitting at home because of COVID. We were like, uh, we're just going to drink and sit around and talk about whatever. And that one was, that was a wild episode. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. That one was, that was interesting. I loved getting Colin Carmichael. That was yeah. a, that oh, was that one, one was so cool too. Um, appreciated that. Anna Beffer helped us with that one. Getting Chris Vanessa Sh- Vanessa Shippey Fletcher. Oh wait, Chris Young had come on the show multiple times. Yes, that one. I, was cool. I as uh, look, Boynton was awesome. No coach was ever more easy to talk to and willing to give us his time than Chris Young. And I yeah. can't. It's why I, it's, pro, it's one of the reasons like I like him so much. It's personally because. For him to be willing to come on the show as often as he did was fantastic. And he was such a good chat, such a good talk. I love the women's tennis team. He was great. Vanessa Shippey Fletcher, who came on, was was awesome. Um, yes, there's the Paley Burmaster. Oh, my gosh. Good grief. Uh, man, here's here's three weeks. Mike Boynton, Jordy Mercer, Bailey Burmaster, and Anise McEwen. That, that was, was, a, that was that three was, episodes in a row. That was That was a hell of a time. Man, uh, that uh, I just had one that we had, and I can't think of it now. Son of a gun. Trey Cobb came on. Trey Cobb is always a good one. Uh, he came on a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot. Kip Smith was a lot of fun when he came on. Oh, that guy. Special party. teams. Love that guy. Uh, let's see. He and I did a fun episode where we uh, we did, made like the NCAA football ratings for current Oklahoma State players at the time. Mm. That, that one was a ton of fun. I wish we could do that again now because the game's coming back, I think, in like 2023, which is way yep. too long to wait. Yep. And God, I'm going to spend an exorbitant amount of money to buy it. But that, yeah, that one was a good one. Shouts to Kaylee Hines for every time she came on. Yes. Uh, great. Uh, we mentioned French, which is top three. Um, and we had, a, we had a whole summer of we would bring on dual guests. So we had uh, yeah, Bailey Burmaster, we had an Oregon State preview. Uh, we had French and Big 12 Media Days wrap-up. We had Brentley Romine and, and Eastwick Ewan. Uh, Taylor Lynch and Cody Staven Hagen. Oh, Taylor Lynch Let's was really see. cool because that was right after the college world, Women's College World Series. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, man. Romine was always fun. Matt Brown back when he was still with SB Nation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. 
Nathan Ruiz when he was still at the Oklahoman. He's killing uh, in Baltimore. Absolutely yeah, killing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think that was like we didn't used to do guests, and then we started finally bringing them on, which was smart of us to do. Yeah. And was good because it wasn't just us doing all the work anymore. Right. Um, yeah, appointments number one, Francis number two. Hmm. I'd say I'd say either the just the Bailey and Nice episode because of the absurdity of it, or Colin Carmichael's probably three because Carmichael's number three for me. Yeah, uh, because I was so that was one I really wanted. Um, I yes. wanted the opportunity to talk with him. I love the women's soccer team. The okay. Who is the who's the one guest we didn't get on the show? I mean, realistically, that we could have gotten. You're probably could have probably could have gotten. You're mm-hmm. sad we didn't. I mean, obviously, we were never going to get Mike Gundy. So, like, yeah. Mike Gundy doesn't make sense. But yeah. like a coach, you think if we had if we really had tried hard enough, or we just we couldn't make work, one or anybody, period, that you wanted to get on the show that we weren't able to. I think Josh Holiday's up there for me, or Kenny Gajewski, like either baseball or softball coaches. I think Gajewski. I was, was going to say Gajewski too. Yeah, I think that would be one for sure. Um, I will tell you my okay. I'll, I will tell you my three. I said one. I will give you three. But there's three Oklahoma State people I would have wanted to get on the show that we didn't. Gajewski is one of them. Chris Carson is one because good grief, I'm still a stupid Chris Carson fan. And the one person I've never gotten to interview in my entire life, and all I ever want to do is just sit here. Oh yeah, like, hey, you remember that one? Yeah, remember that one time that you were at OSU and you were awesome? Yeah, that was great. I want to go full Chris Farley like fanboy interviewing would be Tony Allen. I just want to interview Tony Allen, even if it I never use it. It's just for me to listen to like a weirdo. I just want to interview Tony Allen. It would it would be like bucket list things i would like to do is just to yeah talk to like hey man you were the you were so cool you're still my favorite player can we and then right behind that would be marcus smart yes i think marcus smart's up there for me um God, i just had him. um honestly th- this might be a weird choice but i think mitchell solomon's up there for me just because i think his career arc was so fascinating that it would be interesting that he would be so interesting to talk to um god it, there there's so many there there truly is so many that i i wish we could go back and and talk to i think james washington would have been incredible um just because i think he's just such a genuine dude i don't know if I've ever told you the story i i might have mentioned it on a podcast when i was a senior but he came back it was the steelers bye week i would at this point i was an intern in the ticket office and i was sitting doing like the will call stuff for season ticket holders and whatnot and I heard someone, and I was working at women's basketball game. And I heard someone say, like, hey, James Washington is here. And I was like, oh, holy crap, that's cool. And so I was going to go in and at least see that, and see that he was there and whatever. And the person that I was talking to said, he bought a ticket to go and sit in the game. Everyone knows who uh, he is. OSU. Yeah. Everyone knows who he is. <laughs> no, 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 he, no, someone said, like, we know who you are going. He goes, no, I insist. And he bought a ticket oh, because, yeah, not, not because Oklahoma State screwed up because, uh, well, <laughs> there's also that aspect. No, like he <laughs> insisted on buying a general admission ticket to the game, like five bucks and to go into the women's basketball game. I'll never forget that about him. 
Um, okay. Since I'm probably not going to do much writing for CRFF anymore either. Um, favorite non-podcast interview was Chupa Hubbard before when he had just committed yes, to that show. one. That was a really good mm-hmm. one. So I was the first person to figure out how to properly pronounce Chuba. Um, here's a fun one. I interviewed Mason Cox before everyone started interviewing Mason Cox, and I lost the interview. Oh. Uh, he's been in the AFL for like his first season. It's before everyone in America started bringing him on because it was a fun thing to bring on an, an American from Oklahoma State who plays in Australia and football. He had just finished like his first season. I had gotten him on Twitter. I got him on a phone call. I had a phone recording app and it, it, it lost the interview. And I had done I had this, a similar... like, this weird hours late at night and planned it for like a week. I was so psyched. It was a great interview and, and I never got to use it because I lost it. I had a similar experience. Um, when I was still doing a lot of writing before I went on and started doing the podcast, you know, and started taking that on, I interviewed Spencer Sanders before his senior year at, uh, at Denton, at Denton Ryan. Same thing happened to me. I had a recording, everything, and the recording didn't take. And it didn't, and I, I, I got nothing out of it. And I remember sitting there, I was like, oh, crap, man. That, that one sucked. That one really, really sucked. Well, the one thing I will never forget on my time at CRFF was the time it was like maybe the fourth or fifth article I wrote, but the late great T Boone Pickens retweeted my article and put it on Twitter and like That's made funny. a little comment about it and tweeted. And I was like, what the hell? What is this? That was, uh, and I went back and found it when, when he passed away. I went back and found that. You know, it, yeah, I didn't have to scroll back too far. I didn't tweet a ton, but I went back and found that from 2016, and I was like, "Wow!" Like that—that that is one thing I'll never forget. As in, as little and insignificant as that is, like that's still really cool. The, the weird thing is, like, sometimes I feel like I'm supposed to be like a journalist, and sometimes I'm like, I'm just a fanboy who gets to do this stuff for fun. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of back and forth there sometimes. I'm happy to just be a fan play. And that's one of the yeah. things where I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, like, I'm still going to do my show. I'm still going to talk Big 12. And I'll talk more Oklahoma State on it now because I don't have to do it on two shows and be like, I have to save the OSU stuff for this one. But, like, I'm not going to have to, like, worry about recording an OSU podcast after a loss. Yeah. Like, I'm, 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 it's going to be kind of nice to just watch. Like, I'm still going to, gripe at you you're still gonna gripe at me and i'm going to calm you down about football and i'm still gonna gripe at you and it's calm me down about baseball even though sometimes you're a little bit uh obnoxious baseball fan of just, just baseball which is the the most obnoxious baseball fan answer to everything that's complaining about but i'm baseball. not wrong that's the that's the hard part of it I'm that's not wrong. also a obnoxious <laughs> baseball fan response to being told that it's annoying when you're being an obnoxious <laughs> baseball fan which is kind of one of those like infinite loop things, but you know, I digress. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, I'm, I've been doing some sort of something like this with OSU specific since 
what now? Uh, 2016, I think. Uh, that's five years. Yeah. I'm either writing here, writing at PFB, or podcasting here. And I think it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm just ready to like pay attention to Oklahoma State and know a lot about it, but, but not have to do this. Yeah, I, I think it was always like it was always shitty on a Sunday or a Saturday night after an Oklahoma State football loss having to come on here because we both were in the same mood. It was just like, hey man, hey man, shit, let's just get, let's just hit record and see what happens. Like that, that was and that was the general tone. And I always hated that, but that was that's just how passionate we were. About this. And. The highs were really high, and the lows were just like, Jesus Christ, this is so bad. I'm ready to just take a step back and just be a fan and not have to think so critically about things and try and, you know, talk myself off the ledge and talk other fans off the ledge and all that. I'm just ready to be just a fan again, I think. And I appreciate every single person that listens to this thing, and we can't thank you guys enough for listening to us for the last three years, liking, retweeting, following and listening to every episode if you did and all and just everything that came along with it the interactions the the friendships i made with people outside of this thing just on Oklahoma state twitter uh regarding this podcast and our the school and the teams we all love um it it meant so much to me and it has meant so much to me but i'm ready to just be like one of y'all and just be a thing and sit back and tweet my tweet through my feelings Text Philip through my feelings during games, and enjoy it a little more. Yeah, tweeting through my feelings during an Oklahoma State like I don't do it through a ton of sports, but football is definitely one of them. So, um, if you don't follow me on Twitter, you can do so at OKTXARPoke. I would ask you to come and uh, subscribe to the 1012 podcast. It's TN number 12, the word podcast, where I will be podcasting there. That's where you can hear, in case you want to hear. I will talk more OSU there than I do here currently because I won't be doing this one anymore. So just just, just in case you're curious. Um, I, don't, I don't think I have anything else to say. I, think yeah. I, 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 I almost wish I hadn't. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. I don't think I have anything else to say. I think this feels like a good stopping point because my wife told me she, I should go to bed. <laughs> follow me uh, at JT Penfield. Uh, if you're a Royals fan, follow at Royals Farm. Do the podcast over there. We had a really good interview with uh, MLB Top 100 Prospect, uh, Nick Prado. Uh, he went out a couple days ago. Really, really good interview. Really good kid. Killing it in double A right now. Going to be a major leaguer hopefully in the next year or two. Um, I'll be there. And then I will start. I'll announce my my new podcast, uh, my baseball show that I'm planning to do. Uh, once I get some more details finalized, hopefully I'll have that for you in the next couple of weeks. Follow me over there because I think that's really where I'm going to try and take this thing and, and see where it leads on this microphone. Once again, to everybody that listened to this over the last almost – four years, three, you know, three full Oklahoma state sports seasons. Thank you so much. This has been a ton of fun. I've enjoyed the hell out of this Philip. 
we really didn't know each other when we started this thing. It was just, <laughs> we, you know, through Slack and other stuff, because you had been at, at CRFF and then PFB and then came back and you texted me, we're like, hey, I want to do the show, Let, let's do it. We had one phone call that was like 15 minutes of just like our plan. And then we just hit record two days later and we just kind of went. And over three years, I feel like I developed a really close friend and someone that I'm going to be friends with for the rest of my life, I hope. And I can't wait. I'm trying not to get too sentimental, but it's true. I, I really appreciate you so much for doing this with me. And uh, we're like, so we're going to tweet, we're going to tweet and text through our feelings uh, about Oklahoma State sports for uh, the next very, very, very long time. Nah, f- you delete my number. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'll get sentimental later. I don't, I don't want to. It's been fun. This has been a joy to do. I have, I have, I have eventually enjoyed it. Uh, to everybody who's listened through all this, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm generally shocked that people want to listen to the, the, what I feel like are the, the dumbass things that come out of my mouth a lot of the time or just weird, intangible, nonsense rambling that's always smoother in my head when I prep than it is when I have to sit down in front of the mic and say it out loud. Um, but this has been a ton of fun. You've been an excellent co-host for most of the time I've been doing this, mostly the back half. Um, and uh, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to miss this. There's ideas for the show that we didn't do, which is kind of one of those weird things. Where I'm like, oh, we never did that episode. Um, but I'm okay with it. I am. I think this is a really good I feel good content. For, yes, I feel content as well. And I think this is a good spot to end things uh, for this show. And I'm curious what the next person does uh, when the, whenever this picks back up at Micah Allen, figure it out. Um, thanks, everybody. Uh-huh. Go Pokes. And uh, we'll talk to you at some point. I I normally say we'll talk to you all then with the next episode. We don't have one of those. So uh, take care, everybody. Go folks.